It can feel frivolous talking about an indie rock album in times of great turmoil. One can come to the conclusion that there's no point in making art in these times, let alone discussing it. But as politicians continue to turn a blind eye to the atrocities in their communities, and while discourse can become tense in moments of growth and change, it is music that continues to unite people across generational, economic, and cultural lines. This is not a call for a universal drum circle. The anger that has been shown not only in America but around the globe over the abhorrent state of police brutality is justified entirely. There is no short-term solution to long-term injustices, only the continued will to fight for love, fight for change, and fight for peace. Broken social scenes, you forgot it in people, is messy, chaotic, and confusing, as is the modern world. But of course it warrants discussion, because after all, it's an art school album. It feels perhaps a little silly to be making anything in these times of crisis, but no matter how weird it might feel to be making something, it feels dangerously irresponsible not to condemn the hate that is going on currently, whether it be the murder of George Floyd or the murder of Breonna Taylor or any other name on the list. The fact that there is a list is the problem in the first place. The fact that people have been murdered unjustly is the issue at hand here. So yes, today, my guest is Jake Klingensmith. We will be talking about broken social scene in just a second. Uh, But despite the fact that Jake and I are two straight white men, uh, something needs to be said, because at this point, silence uh, is more damning than just about anything. Um, So at the top of this podcast, I, I... you know, we both don't have a ton of public platforms, but this this is a platform of sorts, and we feel like we needed to use that for good in some way. You know, I, I know in the case of me, I'm very aware of the whiteness of this show. It's something I've been aware of since the start, because the show is largely built around my community of friends, which, although very diverse in terms of gender is ultimately and unfortunately very white. And I have been looking at ways to properly expand the show to feature more people of color, and I will continue to do so. But much like this issue as a whole, it is not something that is going to go away in a month or even a year. So for this show in particular, what I'm not going to do is load up on guests of color for a month and then revert back to my old ways afterwards. Because quite honestly, every person of color that I've talked to in the past few days, they just want to be left alone right now. And who could blame them? Their time on this podcast will come. I have episodes that have been taped before this one that will eventually be released. But I do just want to say that, you know, I am aware of how white this show is and I am working on it. And much like the rest of the country, this is a good time to reflect and ultimately to change because this Im- this issue is not a gimmick and this show's guest should not reflect that. This is a long-term problem that will be handled in such a way. So, so where do we go from here? What do we do? Well, we keep pushing and we keep going ahead. The only way that we don't repeat this vicious cycle is if something changes. Uh, Jake and I are, are not people that know what it's like to have the odds stacked against us in a systematic and oppressive way. Although, granted, I'm a Morrissey fan, Jake's a Weezer fan, it's not easy being either of those things, but uh, no one is killing us over those matters. No one wants to deny our existence because of those things, and no one deems our lives unworthy 
because of the way we look or the way we act and the fact that there is a generation, there is not a single generation of African-American men or women in this country that have been treated fairly. The fact that no African-American that has lived in the United States has ever truly been granted the right to life, liberty, and the pursuit of happiness that is unjust and immoral and something ultimately needs to change. For me, that not only begins with defunding and demilitarizing the police, but also the idea that simply not being racist is no longer enough. We have tried that as a country, and as a country, we have failed. It might sound funny talking about art or comedy or music when none of those industries are active right now, but as we go along in this process, uh, I, I know for me, I absolutely think that there should still be art that is provocative and makes people uncomfortable and pushes boundaries, because ultimately I think a lot of greatness comes from those places. But life is so much bigger than what happens on stage. I don't know what the future looks like. I don't even necessarily know what the next step is. But I do know that in my everyday life and my personal interactions with people, I can do what I can to actively attempt to make this world a better place. And I can do that by listening to people of color, by using my voice to amplify people of color's voices, and by not only not being racist, but by using my allyship to better the lives of people around me. Uh, this this is a turning point in the country, and I'm uninterested in litigating people's past actions. I'm only interested in pulling those up that need assistance on joining us in this new frontier. The show is called Art School Albums. 95% of my listeners are currently in college or have just graduated from college, and these are the people in the world that can make a difference. So keep up the good fight, stay strong, stay peaceful, and stay passionate in the fight for justice. Uh, a part of this show, or I guess rather I will be making a donation to Campaign Zero and the name of this show, to me that is uh, my most effective way of changing anything right now is by donating to organizations of good, common sense organizations like Campaign Zero. Um, and that, at least as of now, is, is all I have to say on the matter. Jake Klingensmith joins me. Uh, it's his third time on the show. He's the only person to appear uh, more than once, uh, but after what has been a really tough week and a half uh, long period in America, just for everybody, I wanted to sit down with the man that I call my best friend and try to unpack some of this. Jake, uh, what are what are your thoughts on all of this? Uh, well, first off, thanks for having me again. Uh, I always like doing this show. This is really fun for me. Um, it's not a fun week right now. Um, obviously. Uh, so there was a few things you touched on that I, that are, are topics that I'd also like to just kind of dive into. So like, like you said, we're two white men and we're not the people uh, who's, you know, we're not the, the spokespeople for this right now. But like you said, silence is, 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 is silence is condemnable at the moment. Um, and as long as we are recording this, it feels like necessary to state where we stand. Um, also just addressing that it does feel weird to talk about an album right now. I almost don't even want to, but, um, but we will. Um, I just wanted to talk about um, sort of um, this, this topic that gets brought up a lot and I've been hearing a lot about it the last few days. Um, and it's the, systemic white supremacy that we see in um in our police force and all over our country um it's so deeply ingrained into uh 
what this country is. Um, and something you, I've heard a lot last few days is um, if, if white people loved black people as much as they love black culture. And so I've kind of been looking at myself the last couple of days and I've realized, um, you know, I look at the difference between uh, the culture that I consume, like how often I wear a black man's name on the back of my shirt, um, if I'm wearing a jersey, uh, versus the amount of black people that run in my social circles, it's inordinate. And I look at, you know, my social circles and my friends are predominantly white. And I look at that and I say, well, why? That's not intentional. I don't, uh, I don't like actively seek out white people to be my friend. And, and I don't actively try and make sure like I'm not friends with black people. Um, and that I think is indicative of how systemic racism in this country is. And that has affected me. Like it's made me really look at myself and not that I didn't realize this before, but it's made me look at myself and, and say, yeah, like, like I'm racist. I'm a part of the systemic problem. You're racist. We're both racist. Uh, my city I live in is racist. The city I'm from is racist. The country is racist. And it doesn't mean that I have hate in my heart. Um, but the system is set up in a way that I, it, if I'm not noticing, then that means the system's working. Like it's set up in a way that we as white people with privilege can go about our lives and never notice the, the, the racism that uh, we, that's in our lives. And uh, like you said, mentioning the names, George Floyd, Breonna Taylor, it's, it's, it's sad. It's just sickening that there's like a list of names and I think it's important to say the names. Um, uh, You look around the country right now, you see protests happening and I fully agree with their, uh, with the cause to try to demilitarize the police. I think the police force in this country is obscene and racist and it's a system that just plain doesn't work. And I don't think ever has. Um, and when you see people, when you see coverage on the news, uh, dominated by talk of looting and rioting, uh, I don't think that's the point. And, uh, like a lot of these places, like, you know, Target has insurance. They'll be fine. If their store is fucked up, they'll be fine. That's not the point. And just, I think if you're a white person listening, I'm assuming most of your listeners are white. Um, if you're a white person listening and there's someone in your family, your friends who sort of brings that up, um, I think it's the least you can do to use your, your privilege just to tell them to set them straight and just say, like, this is not about that. It's about demilitarizing the police, which is a, it functions as a white supremacist group. Uh, I, I don't think the idea that men should be arrested for murdering someone, I don't think that should be a political statement. And it is. Um, I know this is coming out next week, this podcast. So like, yeah, we're currently hope... recording on June fourth. So yeah. it will it will uh if everything goes according to plan, it will air on what's that, June eleventh, a week from when we're recording. Mm-hmm. Yeah. So I, I, I hope a week from now, I hope we're all still thinking about it. I hope we're all uh, particularly white people, because 
part of privilege is you can kind of forget about it. Um, I hope we are still talking about it, still protesting, uh, still thinking about it. Um, and if not, it's just a reminder to keep talking about it and keep thinking about it and really actively seek change. I think what I, from what I've been told and what I believe is that the best ways to promote change are protest, spread information. Uh, if you, if you have money, we live in a country where money talks. So donate money to causes you think matter. Uh, so far, a lot of, you've heard a lot of talk about, uh, bail funds. I think that's great. Donate it to the Chicago bail fund. Uh, look for your, you can look for, uh, bail funds in your community. Um, black lives matter. I believe in donating to like black lives matter, Chicago. And if you are interested in directly, um, addressing the, uh, police reform issue, which is what most of these protests are about. I recommend donating to the uh, ACLU. And yeah, this this week sucks, but uh, I hope it makes things better. Like, I, I think that's, uh, yeah. that's the goal, is that this sucks now so that in the future it, it doesn't have to. Um, it's unfortunate that lives being lost have led us to this point but even in the past week in my life I've not only re-examined a lot of stuff but I've discovered a lot of people that are doing a lot of good in their communities and you know uh, Jake and I both primarily reside in Chicago and over the past year I've started to experience a lot of guilt and but more so confusion on how you know Yes, you know, there is there is crime in the areas that Jake and I inhabit, but we are considered in the air quotes safe part of Chicago. But if you go 25 minutes mm-hmm. south, it is deemed a, a war zone by politicians who have never been there. Uh, and just, you know, it, it's it's just an awful separation of a community that that could be great and could be all inclusive Um and so it's unfortunate that it has taken this much for me to want to get involved and to yeah. donate money uh, like StopChicago.org to places that are actively rooted in the communities and are doing what they can to make a difference. But we are now at that point. And, and you know, part of part of what I said at the beginning is, you know, this is a chance for all of us to change. Um, and I think if if someone is reaching out and looking for information and, and looking to better themselves, you know, it is irrelevant if they posted a black square or not. It is uh, almost irrelevant to me what they have done up until that moment where they want to change, because ultimately we want people to change. And I think it is great to aid them in that pursuit. And Thank yeah, one, one final thing, like I, I, I'm talking to, to white people right now. Uh, the last few days waking up, and going to bed have been rough. Like I wake up just anxious thinking about everything that's still going on. And I'm not saying, I'm not trying to say I understand what it's like to be black, but if you are a white person and you're struggling uh, to understand why these protests are happening and you, and they bother you and you feel anxious, try and try and use that to have some empathy and, and know that basically privilege is what allows you to wake up 
all the other days of your life without that anxiety and know that there are people in the world, in the world that don't have that privilege and they wake up feeling that way all the time. I think that is incredibly well said. And, and Jake, if you are good with it, with what you have had to say, uh, we can slowly and awkwardly transition yeah. into a very different part of the show. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Okay. Now let's talk about <laughs> 2003 indie rock. Uh, <laughs> yes, we are going to do that. And it, it, it might seem strange, you know, again, it feels strange to talk about it. We're, yeah. We're but, recording yeah. on June 4th. Uh, the, I guess the hope and maybe it is selfish I, I, I don't know if it is or not, but, you know, the hope is that a week from today this podcast can come out and that people who have been in the streets protesting, who have been and rightfully so wrapped up in all of this, myself included, will be ready to consume some content, not to take their minds off of the matter, but to hopefully make their day a little bit more palatable, to make them laugh a little bit, Um you know, I, I did not I did not put out a podcast uh, this week, the week that we were recording, because no nobody wants that shit. Um, and and who could blame them? Because it has been a very uh, just just an awful an awful week and a half. And and I respect that. And I I didn't want my voice being out there. Uh, I would rather people have listened to the words of James Baldwin or or you know any contemporary community leader. Um, but we are here. And this is the Article Albums podcast, and. and we are going to move forward uh, with the hope that change is being made and that peace is bring, being brought to millions of people's lives. It is interesting that Jake picked one of the worst albums I've ever heard <laughs> to talk about this week. Um, it's been a you know just a tough time for all of us, and you know Jake and I have talked on the phone multiple times throughout the week, just trying to make sense of everything that is going on. And ultimately, I wanted to have Jake on the podcast because there's just I, there's no no one no one I want to talk to more typically ever uh, than Jake. So I said, you know, Jake, you were on the first episode, Weezer's Pinkerton. I had you back on in the Christmas episode where we discussed Chris Farren's "Like a Gift from God" or whatever. You know, Pinkerton was more of a mutual decision. We both love Pinkerton. Wanted to have you on the Christmas episode. I love that Christmas album. Thought that'd be fun. I thought I'd throw my boy a bone here. I thought I'd I thought I'd throw old Jakey a little favor and say, "Hey man, whatever you want on the house, whatever album you oh, want to yeah. talk about." And you led me to Broken Social Scenes, You Forget It in People, yeah. which was originally released on October 15, 2002 and then reissued due to great demand in 2003. To hear that reissue, people love it. So <laughs> that is the issue. <laughs> What is, the people like it? Yes, that is. Uh, you know, th- there are there there have been. I knew, by the way, I knew I texted Case when he uh, when he asked me to pick this album. I texted him, uh, "Let's do." Well, first off, you texted me, "No Lord, No Charlie XCX," which yes. was a good warning because I probably would have picked because I Lord. Think, I think Lord is objectively too popular. Yeah, that's uh, probably right. And and I, yes, I did a Billie Eilish episode, but I think Billie Eilish and the alternative landscape is a very interesting discussion. Charlie XCX as we know, reserved for our good friend Holden Santi. <laughs> when they are on the podcast, eventually it has been really tense between us as to when Holden will be on the show. It will happen at some point. Uh, but that left you with Broken show- Social Scene. And like I was saying, you know, there are episodes of this podcast that, 
podcast, I mean, our good friend Caleb Soul, you know, he talked with me about King Cruel, and that was something that I was just not on board with. But I listened to that album time after time, and I was eventually mm-hmm. able to suck out some goodness yeah. from that record. There's nothing here for you. Gonna be honest, Jake, didn't listen to this album a whole lot. Kind of kind of got it my first time through, and then yeah. gave it like a like a scan over like i glossed over the album a second and a third time left me beyond empty just this is what i was gonna i was gonna what i was saying was i texted you i want to do you forgot it in people by broken social scene you will hate it yes and i, I was, knew you were going to i was hope i was like maybe jake recommended me the wrong album this can't be it i mean there's no way that not only like not only do i strongly dislike most of this, not even indifferent. I strongly disliked most of it. Yes. But I was like, there's no way Jake likes this. I oh, mean, Jake, yeah, I do. Jake likes basketball, and Jake's like, <laughs> J- Jake likes the Doughboys podcast. But we, Jake and I have a lot in common. There's no way that my good friend Jake Klingensmith likes this, but I guess you do. I do. I love this album. I don't think it's there anymore, but once upon a time, it was a top five all time. Real quick, off the dome, yeah. if you had to go, again, June 4th, 2020, our perspective is skewed for a multitude of reasons. Yeah. Off the dome, top five all time, what do you have? Okay, well, um, uh, Please cut this out with me thinking. Of course. No, I, I'm <laughs> doing a ton of post in this episode, obviously. <laughs> um, I would say top five. Um, number one album all time is the Blue Album by Weezer. Okay. Um, uh, as we previously discussed, Lord is in there. I'm. I'm. This is this is what I was gonna say. I'm. I fully expect you to receive texts from many of your friends who listen to the show. Uh, fully ripping me apart for my top five all-time album takes but uh well, we often text about you in private anyways and just rip you to shreds this will at least give us a new reason to do yeah yeah yeah, yeah 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 uh, <laughs> <laughs> no it's cool uh, i mean it's cool We're, you know we all we all whatever, have a voice dude. you all gotta use it <laughs> uh blue album is number one and then after this there's no order melodrama by lord uh which is like the newest one on there by a mile uh Teens in Denial by Carsuit Headrest. I guess not by a mile. Yeah, by I was going to say, that one came out one year before. <laughs> which is um, an album that I thought you might pick for this. And I was like, well, you know, Carsuit Headrest, they're fine. But thought about it. No, you picked this one. So Weezer, um, Lord, Carsuit Headrest. Uh, My Beautiful Dark Twisted Fantasy by Kanye West. Mm-hmm. And I, what is what is that fifth spot? I mean, what could it, it be? It might be Illinois by Sufjan Stevens. Mm, it might be. Uh, um, talk about hitting close to the heart right now. You know, little little songs about Chicago. Illinois. Yeah, that's oh man, I miss, I miss it. Chicago a lot. Oh, I've you're been, telling me. Yeah. Mm-hmm. So this used to be a top five album for you. It's no longer yeah. a top five album for you. It's still one that I know you think of very highly. I mean, we lived together our freshman year of college, which was only two or three years ago. Feels like a decade ago at least yeah it does um, yeah <laughs> we were different humans yeah um, and we're still evolving which is the beautiful thing of the human process i look but... but right now because i haven't gotten a haircut since uh the pandemic started and i haven't like really shaved either i look more like how i did freshman year than i have 
since then. When I look at pictures of us from our freshman year of college, I mean, yeah. you look good. You always look good. You I don't. Good. I think I look at pictures of me freshman year of college, and I'm like, Gee, just sh- shave your face. This is doing nothing for no one. That's where. I, well, that's what I think about being is like uh, the amount of hair on my your hair was not on my your hair face. was your hair was like is so wild compared to how and it I looks rock now. a buzz cut now like i have mm-hmm. i don't want any of that yeah. i can't your hair I was, was doing all that for over long. the place yeah all over you the look place. like animal from the muppets didn't understand that reference hair was all over the, the muppets i don't know you the really muppets do host well. art school albums <laughs> i don't know the muppets <laughs> super well i will say one of the few things that have brought me joy over the past week was i discovered the youtube videos of the muppets rapping but it's like regulate by Warren G. But then, oh wow! But then Bert and Ernie are like mouthing the parts to it. It's it's awesome. It is so objectively funny. <laughs> and I just stumbled upon these, you know, one of my one of my YouTube holes, uh, and and came out a better man because of it. And so I'm I'm psyched about that. But my point was, you know, Jake and I have known each other for a long time. We have a ton in common. But I almost felt like Jake was a little secretive about broken social scene. It would yeah, be like I knew you wouldn't like it even then. Because it was like, yeah, I really like Weezer and I, I really like Lord and I, I love community and actually thirty rocks better than the office. And he would you know, those, these... by the way, those takes aged really well. <laughs> I think had... more people are on my side now. He has these opinions that are so in your face and confrontational. And then at the end of the day he's like Oh, and I also like this band, Broken Social Seed, but just, yeah, yeah, uh, just yeah. uh, it's, and you just like, you hide them from society. Like you're ashamed to well, listen to this bullshit. I am at a very low hit rate for sharing, uh, like Broken Social Seed through, I have like, even in high school, I guess we'll talk about this. I discovered this band in high school. I want to hear and, the story. Well, they were, I, I think the reason I, not the reason, but one reason I like them so much is they were my introduction to music that like, isn't on the radio i guess okay i uh the way i found out found this band was i watched the movie scott pilgrim versus the world and they had a song on the soundtrack and it was interesting and i downloaded the album and i think it was the first i didn't know i'll let me take you back to a time where i didn't even know what pitchfork was and i imagine I right, thank fucking God I don't have to live that life anymore. I, you know, you and I both have woken up with intense anxiety all week, but when I check pitchfork.com, I am able to feel peace for a moment or two. Uh, so, um, you don't know yeah. what Pitchfork is. You you were just another nerd in the crowd at a Scott Pilgrim versus the world screening. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Didn't see it in theaters. Um. Like, that makes it better. <laughs> That movie's decent. No, I, like, um, I mean it's Michael Sarah. I like it. Yeah. Um, so you hear it in Scott Pilgrim vs. the World. Yeah, and so it, I downloaded the album. Interesting to you. And I, I, I have many memories of walking around my high school as like a freshman, uh, listening to it in the hallway. Uh, and so I think part of, I have a lot of nostalgia for this album. And I will say I, I so I listened to it earlier in the week just to get ready, and then I listened to it again today, and I. Uh, I had it on in the car. I went for a drive basically. Um, and I like passed my high school and it was very surreal. Cause I haven't really jumped back into this album in a long time, but I like to be listening to it in the place where I first heard it was, was uh, it, it sent me down a deep, deep rabbit hole of nostalgia. 
music specifically that pertains to your freshman year of high school I find to be very emotionally triggering and I think that is the case for a lot of people I know for me what happened at my high school was we had a freshman campus and then we had a high school for sophomore junior senior yeah but my freshman year of high school I had a second period class at the big high school which means they put me in a first period class at the big high school as well just like a history class that you could yeah. take you know if so you, you had were, a commute a walking commute between buildings i had to take a bus it was across the street wow but the the thing is i would have to get off of the bus with the upperclassmen that went to the normal school. But the thing is, like, there were maybe three other freshmen that had the same schedule I did, and I yeah. I didn't really know them. So it's, you know, you have to – you get to high school, like, 30 minutes early for some reason. Like, there's just time to kill at 7 in the morning, which I don't understand. But, you know, other people have friends, and they have places to go, and they have places to be – and you can kind of hang out for a bit. I had none of those things. I just had time on my hands. So what I would do, because I didn't want to be too early to my first period class and weird out the teacher or like have to make small talk with her, I would go to the bathroom and just hang out there and just kind of sit in a stall peacefully by myself and listen to a lot of Cage the Elephant, Melophobia. Wow. Uh, big in my rotation that year, but I just didn't know what else to do. So now when I hear a song like Spiderhead by Cage the Elephant, I'm not only transported back in time to my freshman year of high school, I'm specifically transported to the bathroom that I used to sit in. Yes, and I I can can sense the smell and I know the scene. It's very emotionally triggering for me, and I, I don't know why that is. That is this album for me. So... What jumped out? Because my my only knowledge of Broken Social Scene was I knew it was a band you liked, and then I knew Elizabeth Powell, who was not in this album, but she is one of the many musicians who was you know involved in Broken Social Scene. Mm -hmm. She is the singer for a band called Land of Talk, which is a band that I actually like quite a bit. She is absent here, and her presence is sorely missed. There's um, there's some like. 17 to 18 like rotating members of broken social scene there's really only uh and then within that there's like a core group of musicians and then there within that even there's two guys who are like the architect of the group and it's they're the only two guys in the group who this is like their main gig and it's kevin drew and brendan canning i think is how it's pronounced um i don't know but uh yeah there's like a lot of like like uh feist is in broken social scene uh there's people like in different uh Canadian music groups like stars that are, are in broken social scene. Um, there's a ton of people in this band. Yeah. It's uh it's an interesting, almost collective like setup. I it guess is. It, it is a collective and uh, it's, it's unfamiliar for me as someone that, you know, not only likes very specific bands that I can kind of attach myself to people in those bands, but also just bands that typically only feature three to five people and anything else. You know, I'm like, wow, a lot of people on stage there. It's new new for me because, you know, I, mm-hmm. I, I'm a simple man. I can handle, you know, a guitar and a bass and a drummer. And I'm like, that's and rock a cold and roll, beer man. and a, and a, and a warm <laughs> Sprite to be specific. You know, I, it's this pandemic has changed me, but I'm still throwing up the old X's. That's uh, great. Yeah, it's it's super cool. People love it. Um, 
So we have to, at some point, talk about this album, because yeah. unfortunately it is the purpose of the show, and the album is yeah. You Forget It and People. It is 13 songs and 56 minutes. Right Jay- away, a red flag for you. I, I knew right away. Well, there are ways to overcome it, but when I looked at the song total with the song length, I was like, hmm, yeah. all right, kind of starting off on the wrong foot, but there are, yeah. there are ways to overcome it, unfortunately. This is kind of growth not. for you. I even I will take even just you admitting that you in theory would like a long song as well, a victory. It's a, it's a collection. I mean, there are there are good long songs now. Granted, they're few and far between. An album consisting of long, drawn out, stupid songs. You know, maybe maybe not the place for me. So my what I'm what is weird interesting to me is that you have this take that's like I think most short songs are better than most long songs. And I just don't look at things like that. Like I, I'm like, yeah, some long songs are good and some aren't and some short songs are good and some aren't. And like, but statistically (laughs) speaking, short songs are better. I just don't think that's true. Um, I don't have these uh, short song uh, colored glasses. I look at the world through. Well, and you know, we are changing and we're all doing, you know, our part in this new world that we're living in. So maybe as I I did, I, sorry, I did notice there were a couple places on this album where I, I was like, if the song ended right here, maybe he'll, he'd like it more. But I know it goes on for another two minutes. That would be huge if that would have happened. Maybe when the remix comes out, uh, I'll give it another shot. But basically, Should we go song by song? So here's what we're going to do. We're going to go song by song, but I, I will let you know when there's a song that... I found at least some sort of value in. So what we're going to do, okay. I'm going to I'm going to toss you the song name and you go, you defend it, you slam it, you do whatever you need to do. Yeah. But I'm on the I'm on the defensive here. You know, I I'm okay. just going to throw you these song titles and we're going to see what happens. Bash starts the album cuz we start with an instrumental and capture the flag. Yeah, this song is fine. Um it's not I never think about it when I think about this album, but I don't mind it as a prelude. <laughs> I and I'm not I'm not doing this as a bit. 99.9% of the literature I have consumed in my life that has a prelude or an introduction before the first chapter, mm-hmm. I skip it. No interest. Why? That's just, like just start. Just the only start difference when you're between start. The only difference between that and chapter one is that it doesn't say chapter one. But it should just <laughs> say chapter one. I don't understand why that's confusing. I uh, maybe because it's maybe because it's thematically a little different than the rest of the book and it uh it's like putting a little uh it's like having a little appetizer before the before the meal it changes your changes your perception don't compare this to an appetizer you know I this album that. is a five course meal my friend really is Casey uh accidental song too is that a part of this larger meal because this I love that this song. has words but I can't understand any of them I love that song um I love the drums. Um, uh, what were you? Why do Why do you have it? What's What's the deal with the issue with this one? Boy, it just takes so damn long to get to the point. It's a It's a three and a half minute long, almost four minute song. Yeah, and the first it's a while before the lyrics come in. And the, yeah. it's like two minutes before they make a noise that this is coming after an instrumental. It's. I think I just have less opinions than you because I hear yes, something like know, that. We know that <laughs> that is why people like you and they deal with me because Look, you I'm, have less opinions than I do. I I. Do I think as a human being, I am on the lower 
like end of the spectrum for having opinions. I think most of the time I'm like, oh, okay. Well, oh, for, you did. When exactly, it comes to like, when it comes to like art, sound and, I was gonna yeah. make was like a lot of times Jake will be sitting there, and I'm like, hey, what do you think about this? Like, eh, okay. Eh. It doesn't matter. And it's like, no, like you have to have a thought. Like I can make up. I have thoughts, but I don't. A lot of times it takes me a long time to figure out if that thought equates to, to liking or disliking. And I think, yeah, maybe I'm wrong for not, uh, for not having. No, you're smarter than me. I mean, if I, if I could change. Hey, I'm glad one of us said it. If I could change one thing about myself, I would talk less. I can't <laughs> shut up and it's incredibly difficult to be around me because I'm constantly, I'm constantly spewing these hot takes and quite honestly, our friend group doesn't know how to handle it. I oh yeah, no, I they, have, they have the problem. <laughs> it's a problem that is ultimately my fault, but I don't know what to do about it because like I remember my senior year of high school, I had made up my mind. I was like, I am going to talk less. I am going to shut Fascinating. up. And it sucked. I did it for like a week where like there would be per- <laughs> like class participation that I wouldn't raise my hand for or like my friend, I would be doing your thing where my friends would be having an interesting discussion. They'd be like, Case, what do you think? It's like, I don't know. And it made me horrifically sad. I don't do that. I'm not always just like, I don't know. I sometimes have, like I... But I, it's a compulsive need for me to speak my mind. Yeah. It sucks. I, I think I'm generally less confrontational than you as well, because I will often just suppress my uh, my opinion if I feel like it's going to be a rough conversation, which actually I'm not trying to like bring it back to what we were talking about earlier, but that is also fully a privilege. Oh, and, my God, yes. <laughs> and like maybe I should do that less because sometimes it would be – the right thing to do to call out friends and family if they're behaving in a way that I recognize is problematic. I don't do that that much. And maybe that's something that I'm realizing I need to change. Maybe this has made me realize I need to be more like case low. <laughs> and that is huge for me to hear. <laughs> that is great. Jake, as we know from prior experiences, uh, my fight or flight is fight as I oh, yeah. once uh, twitched at an old man who was standing on the street <laughs> Who I thought was trying to rob Jake and I, and that was the craziest thing I've ever seen in my life. Frail man that couldn't stand up straight, and as we walked by him at the corner of my eye, I was like, "He's lunging for us! Like this is going to be a situation." And I threw up my Dukes, and then realized he was not doing that at all. That and was we just walked away. Not only was it like. It wasn't. Oh, this guy is coming towards us, and Case reacted, and I was like checking it out. I didn't even clock this guy. Like I didn't know no part he of was me standing there. He no part still. of me was like, Oh, Oh, <laughs> wait a minute. Who's this stars and Sons track three. <laughs> this, this has the structures of a legitimate song. Yes. Now it's kind of in that. And it's very, very like first wave indie rock. I mean, it feels like a pavement song or a dinosaur junior song. There's a I I that's another point to make. I think this album's super influential. I think a lot of indie bands in the 2000s got their sound whether they know it or not from Broken Social Scene. That I agree with. And I think that yeah. is a good point. And I think, you know, this is in a way just because, you know, we're a year or two away from Arcade Fire really blowing up and That's you know, a huge one. Indie yeah. indie becomes something else after this. This is almost the the last lineage of that first true wave yeah, yeah, of yeah. indie rock and in indie I mean indie has become alternative in the sense that indie is now not independent but is used as a marketing tool. Yeah, this for sure. feels true to independent mm-hmm. rock. 
Well, we brought up Pitchfork earlier, and like you know, Pitchfork deserves to be dunked on all the time for being goofy. But like, it is it is like worth noting <laughs> that uh... and you're dunking on Pitchfork <laughs> constantly. Vince Carter at the 2000 dunk contest between the legs dunking on an I am Cohen review. Scotty Pippen on Patrick Ewing dunking <laughs> on Pitchfork right now. Oh man, we should have uh, done a Last Dance podcast. Not enough of those on the market. Is Last Dance an art school album? <laughs> the, the soundtrack is, because I flirted with the idea of doing a Last Dance soundtrack podcast. Oh, that would have been cool. Oh, man, uh, should have done it. One of the many ideas where I'm like, I could do that, but nah. And then later, people are like, oh, no, you should have done that. That's really cool. Yeah, it's probably like just now late enough that doing that would be weird. <laughs> Given the climate, reverting back to the Last Dance would seem like a strong, awkward pivot. The last dance feels like a hundred years ago. Oh my god, it's unreal. It's but um yes, your point to pitchfork. My point is that this I feel like this album, if you the the review is like significant if you care about the history of like pitchfork or indie music in the two thousands because I feel like almost this album helped pitchfork's legacy and pitchfork helped this album's legacy where it was like the first time a lot of people saw oh wait. This album that no one's talking about was reviewed by this website that I kind of follow. And actually, I think it's really good now. And like, I don't think that happened much before this album. Well, the Ryan Schreiber review, which is still on the website, the original review that was published, it says, and I and I quote, it's a bit late to be talking about New Year's resolutions, but mine was to dig through the boxes upon boxes of promos that arrive at the Pitchfork mailbox each month and listen intently to hundreds of them in one sitting in an attempt to discover those rare and possibly great bands that would otherwise slip through the cracks. It's been an absolute bitch so far and awfully disheartening, but I've hit pay dirt a couple of times, and in those moments of glory, it's been worth wading through every cut-up Cuban big beat record, every generic Midwestern rock record, every bar band, and every swing band. See, the problem is it's impossible to know what's what you just have to dive in and hope for the best because sometimes the bands with the worst names and most hideous packaging are just great musicians who would make a who would make terrible image consultants case in point broken broken social scene first of all my god i miss the writing of Schreiber. Uh, also, he loves this album, by the way. Yes, no, 2. I read the review yeah. and I wasn't understanding what was happening because I, I did not. <laughs> I mean, if of the few bright points on the album, I do think track four, Almost Crimes, is... I knew you'd like that one. It's almost good. Um, that was um, kind of the consensus when this album first came out was that people who didn't like this album actually... I, there, was like, there was some list that came out that was like, someone really like like good songs on bad albums uh and i think they put that on there um the album is pretty generally acclaimed though but um which i i want to talk about more at the end yeah okay. kind of big picture but almost crimes is one of those i mean i have just issues with the song and the way it is produced because it sounds like it, it's i think it's a saxophone it's some sort of brass instrument that is in there and that feels uh, very impactful and the little bit you can hear of it because ultimately it is buried in the mix behind literal bleeps and bloops and behind Mm -hmm. these guitars that although technically they are fine they are not adding to the emotional i guess narrative of this song in the way that the saxophone would i think lyrically i mean it's fine you know it's again it is almost a good song I would recommend to you uh, Broken Social Scene put out a recording. It's a uh, it's like a little mini live at um, 
live at radio. I don't know how to pronounce it. It's a radio station in Paris, and there's a version of Almost Crimes that's fully acoustic, and I think you'd like it a lot. I I like the sound of that because of the songs on this album, and I, I look through my notes here, it is my second favorite song on the album. I'm so I think interested so. what your first one is. Yes, well, it's not Looks Just Like the Sun, which is up next, and it is The Sun, S-U-N, and not The Sun, S-O-N. It is... were, you saying, uh, were you saying Emily Haynes was, by the way, was who you're missing? Uh, I, the, uh, the person that I enjoy from Broken Social Scene is Elizabeth Powell. Okay, never mind. Sorry, I, I misheard. It's, not uh, misheard, I just forgot what you said. Honestly. No, you just weren't listening. It's cool. <laughs> it's a good reflection of our relationship. Yeah, whatever. Okay, so it looks just like the sun. <laughs> There's a, there, there's a line in here where they're talking about uh, darkness is obvious to everyone, and I couldn't figure out what metaphor to make in these in these times we're in where I was like, oh, that's that's almost impactful. That's that could be something, <laughs> but I couldn't I couldn't hit there, B. I just had the start of an idea. This is an example of an album that it's. It's well over a decade old and it has it's like devout fans and there's still no consensus on what a lot of these songs mean <laughs> like there's a lot of it's not a neutral milk hotel in the airplane over the scene where it's been like cracked like we know what it's, this is and about. it's hyper specific at points where it's like <laughs> is he singing about anne frank oh okay he is there's at least a jumping off point there. yeah yeah there's not here um this is not a uh and this will not be surprising to you, but this is an album I have found people really like uh, under the influence of marijuana. <laughs> so I was wondering that, and we were going to come to that because I didn't know if I just needed to. There's roll. a lot of like instrumentals and little and grooves, and I didn't know if lyrics I that be, are like kind of make sense. If I need to be rolling a doobie and and hidden the bong ish. Thing. Wow. <laughs> Hitting the bongish thing. <laughs> to enjoy this cluster of ideas. I mean. Hey, look, it wouldn't hurt. <laughs> <laughs> so, Jake and I, and we are not doxing anybody when we say this, but Jake and I, our freshman year of college, lived with someone who <laughs> loved 420 o'clock, just lived for the Mary Jane. We won't say his name, but I love that guy. <laughs> Uh, an okay human would would a stoner to his level somebody that is lighting up literally multiple times a day would somebody like him enjoy this i think people that as you say love 420 o'clock i think well i think maybe you also kind of have to have a baseline no honestly i think if you're just like a chill person who likes we'd yeah i think this will anger very few people if you throw it on uh that is that is yeah <laughs> we have another instrumental to follow it is pacific theme it is of the instrumentals. my favorite i think the my favorite that's exactly what i was gonna say it's my favorite of the instrumentals yeah. um you can throw this on in the car i have a lot of i actually have a lot of friends i've tried to show this album to who walk away anywhere from not for me to i actually really liked it or just like yeah it was fine and this is actually a song a lot of people i've realized have walked away with me like i actually listen to that sometimes <laughs> jake the next song is called Anthems oh, for a 17-Year-Old Girl. Is that something you like? Is this what you want to represent yourself? Let me tell you something. This is my favorite song on the album. So, 
There's a few Partially because I heard it when I was 16, and it's not as weird to be like... Like, if you're... Like an older woman. If... if, if <laughs> those are like my big friends. <laughs> it's weird if you're like... I don't, I don't know how I feel. And like, it's worth mentioning, like, it is kind of weird that a bunch of grown men wrote, and there's a lot of women in Broken Social Scene, uh, but like, it is weird that a bunch of grown adults were like anthems for a 17 year old ultimately, girl. they weren't 16 when they wrote it. No, but when I heard it at 16, I was like, this song, this song almost made me cry today. Okay, so an NPR list in 2018 of the best songs by a female or non-binary artist in the 21st century, this was ranked 61. Yeah. And I think there are parts I have no of the problem song, with that. the banjo, the I banjo like a lot. Is like it sends me to a place fully. Are you are you zooted right now? It sends no, you I'm to not. a place. That's just what this album does to me, baby. The strings are pretty, but the robot voice, the voice—that's a lot of people's issue with that song, and well, it's it's why people love it or hate it. It's I think terrible. it's. I like it. Um, I'm not gonna. I don't really have an answer why I like it. I think it's just one of those things. It's either for you or it's not. Um, I will say just the um, used to be one of the rotten ones and I liked you for that. Now you're all gone, got your makeup on and you're not coming back. Makes me want to cry right now. (laughs) I think you should. I think that'd be good for the podcast. They wouldn't even see. No one would even see unless you use that as the uh, the thumbnail. (laughs) thumbnail. (laughs) It's Jake. It's me fully sobbing. So, Jake, there's six songs left on the album. We're at what is essentially the halfway point right now. Mm-hmm. Uh, there's the songs Cause Equal Time, Late 90s Bedrock for the Missionary, Shampoo Suicide, Lover Spit. Uh, there's a song that uses a slur that we'll talk about in just a little bit. Yeah. Pitter Patter Goes My Heart. Mm-hmm. Of those songs remaining, which do you think I enjoyed the most? Um, Probably Lover Spit. No, that song is gross. I enjoyed Cause Equals Time. <laughs> oh, actually, no, that's song. such a more case song. Yeah, that makes sense. It's like Almost Crimes, but better because it is more up-tempo. Yeah, and that's also a... Um, I said, yeah, like I digested what you said and like agreed. I don't... I haven't thought about it, but... uh <laughs> <laughs> Went right over your head. You just weren't listening. Yeah, whatever, up-tempo. Here's the thing about Cause Equals <laughs> That was a song I, I I have maybe the second most distinct memory of listening to in high school. I remember sitting in uh, my seventh period history class, and there were like five minutes before uh, we got let out of school. I don't know why I remember this so vividly. Summer. 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 And, uh, and our teacher was like, all right. Uh, there's like five minutes for you guys. Whatever you guys are like, I'm done teaching for the day. And he just like quit five minutes early. And, uh, out. <laughs> and so I like put on my headphones and I was listening to this album and I was listening to cause equals time and they all want to fuck the cause. I remember I was like, what did he say? And I like, that was like one of the first times I thought about lyrics on this album. Yeah. They all want to love the cause. They all need to be the cause. They all want to dream a cause. They all need to fuck the cause. Yeah. As they say in the last lines of the song, another one of those where I was like, can I make something out of this? Is this is this something in her current landscape? But again, the album is so abstract and at times pointless that I was unable to draw proper metaphors for our given situation. But um, yes, yeah. go ahead. I was just this is I wasn't even going to talk about cause equals time. I was oh. going to bring up what you uh, got. Just before I forget it, uh, we discussed Lord earlier. Um, <laughs> one of Lord's most famous songs, Ribs. Um, 
has the lyric lover spit on repeat, which is a reference to lover spit. She's a big broken social scene fan. And so am I. And that's why I think we should be friends. Well, let's, let's get to lover spit because there's late nineties okay. bedrock bedroom rock for the missionaries, which I was like, Oh, that song sounds cool as hell. But I just- literally was, I was listening to the album today and I was like, case won't like the song. He's going to look at that title and be like, wait a minute. Is this the song on the album? That's exactly what it was. I was like, oh, I get this. And then it's an instrumental. It sucked. Which, by the way, um, I was thinking about today, me listening to this album for the first time in high school and it being the 2010s, late 90s rock, late 90s bedroom rock as a title. I was like, yeah, they're like calling back to this thing from a while ago. This album came out in 2003. That's like Safety Brothers level of setting uncut gems in 2012. Like it's just barely past the time it came out. So that made me want to commit Shampoo Suicide, which is the next song. This song, it's like the words are jumbled together. Like, I'm not even, like, trying to do a bit. I just literally did not understand why this song existed. (laughs) I'm surprised how uh, unoffended I am by your takes, because I think I just, like... Well, you're used to it. Yeah, and also I didn't think for a second you would like this album because I love all these songs and it doesn't bother me even a little bit that you don't like them. <laughs> Lover Spit is the one that you mentioned. I guess this is like some Lord. That's probably, that's up in their most famous songs is Lover Spit. And it's, it's one of my favorites. It would be if I had to make a top three, this would be my number three. Okay. Um, it is objectively gross talking about all these people drinking their lover's spit and they I sit around and cool clean as their hell, face dog. with it. Yeah, you like that? God, <laughs> it's cool as disgusting. hell. It's disgusting. It's awful. It's, I mean, it's, again, by this point, and especially second and third listens, I was like, okay, if this is the best we're going to get, this is fine. I can do this. And yeah. if you put this on in the car, you know, when we're cruising down the mean streets of Topsfield, Massachusetts, you know, normally Jake and I go for a little bit of an outcast when we're we're in the we're in the car together. If Jake wants to put this bullshit on, at least I can handle love or spit. I think that's fine. I'm taking that as a huge win. This song is great. This is a perfect song. Do you stand by the verbiage used in track twelve, which is I'm still your blank? Yeah, people can look at what that is if they were we're singing about 17 year old girls and then we're we're using these words. Jake, you might need to check in with yourself here because this album seems bad. Um, yeah, there's no defense for that song title. There just isn't Um, (laughs) even in 2002, 2003. It's like, oh. No, no. Interesting. That one, yeah. <laughs> I I don't know. I don't know if it was written by someone uh in the LGBTQ community. Which no drastically idea. changes our opinions. If it is, feel free to use it. <laughs> I have no idea if it is. Um But No no excuse for that song title. <laughs> it is it is a song that I enjoyed. Yeah, it sounds good. Yeah. But I can't even say the title. I like the little, the soft little like guitar plucking is really nice. Mm -hmm. The soft voice is really cool. Actually, almost is like bright eyes esque. Well, let's not let's not do that. It's not. I thought you liked them. No, exactly. That's it's that. That is bright eyes esque. No, it is. (laughs) You know, Jake. You know, you know that's not wrong that I said that. It's not not wrong. (laughs) Final song is another instrumental. And Just, this was my maybe maybe I do like this one more than uh more than Pacific uh theme. themes. 
I thought this instrumental was very boring. I did not enjoy. I like that it's a callback to, to anthems. I guess if that's your thing, it's Pitter Patter Goes My Heart, which is typically what happens when I see you. But after listening to this album, I'm just not sure if I'm ready to resume to such a state of bliss around you. Why did you just like morning radio zing me? (laughs) (laughs) Are you going to put in a sound effect? Baby, I'm in the industry. This is what we do. (laughs) I go around professionals that make a living morning radio zinging people. Do um, Do your bosses ever listen to this? God, no. Do they know this exists? They, yeah, they don't exist. They don't. I'm, I'm not gonna bring it up to them. I'm not saying you bring it up to them. I'm just wondering if they've ever heard it. No, God, no. They have so much better. They have so much more obligations. They have so much stuff they have to do. What, like filming pranks on the streets of Chicago? So, you talked a lot about just like the the mood this album puts you in, the nostalgia you have for it. But big picture, and I'm not even being facetious when I ask you this question, because it is just an album that nothing about it struck me. I didn't find any of it to be engaging. I didn't really like any of it. Mm -hmm. So big picture, what do you like about this album? Um, I think ironically, not ironically, don't misuse the word ironic. No, and stand by your points. Ironically... I think I like this album for all the reasons you dislike it. I like that you can, uh, I like that you can interpret the lyrics however you want. I like that it meanders. I like how like ethereal it is, and I like the instrumentals. I, I like how daydreamy it is at one point, and then all of a sudden there's loud drums. I like that it goes into. I like how many different ideas are on the album, but how cohesive they feel at the same time. Like I think the structure is there. And also, at the end of the day, with music, I think sometimes it's just for you or it ain't for you, and there's something about it that's for me. I I think that's a good enough answer. Uh, when we, when well, we I wasn't about... looking for your approval. But... but it's nice to have it. Oh, it's so nice. <laughs> when we talk about just critically how this album holds up, it did receive a 9.2 out of 10 from Pitchfork as well as Best New Music, a 3 out of 5 from Rolling Stone, and a B-plus from Spin. Jake, I ask you if you had to rate the album out of 10, what are you giving it? Um, I was thinking about this today because I knew you'd ask me. And my initial uh, answer in my head was a 9. I think I'm comfortable giving it an 8 because there are a couple things on it that um, are not quite as good as I remember uh, when I was younger. It's very nostalgic. It means so much to me from a nostalgia standpoint that I can't go below an 8. But... uh, it's not a nine anymore whereas once it probably was because uh yeah there's a couple of the instrumental moments that are a little a little monotonous to me um and uh there's a couple things on it that don't hold up the way i'd like them to um as we described indefensible song title uh but uh yeah i'd give it an eight so I ask you. I'm so ready for the record low scoring on this I, show. Well, I, I, I'm not. I'm not gonna. I'm not gonna rate it just because that seems mean. Because, like, ultimately, like, I would not want to rate a jazz album because I dislike the entire genre. Yeah, you like so, disagree with the premise. Yeah. This is very Anthony Fantano esque. You're giving it a not good. Sure. I yeah. yes. We'll talk about Fantano off the air. Um, but this this falls under indie rock. Will, will we? <laughs> I promise you we will. 
this falls under indie rock, which I feel more than qualified to typically give a rating. But it just, I mean, I, I, I mean, not not doing a bit. I mean, I would give it like a three out of ten. I mean, yeah, it, you know, it's, I wouldn't expect anything. More yeah, it's just it's something that did not grab me at all. But I ask you this, just like I ask everybody else, like I've asked you before, who needs to hear this album, and why? Uh, um, the, the honest to God answer that comes to mind is my friends because I want them to <laughs> hear it and then tell me what they think. I can't say I would be like everyone needs to check out this album right now. I guess if you like, you know what, if you like music like Arcade Fire and like Fina, just like that 2000s indie rock and you want to hear more of uh, or I guess where yeah, it came from to it. Yeah, if you want to hear like sort of an album that is like genetically related to it, uh, this one. So, Jake, we've hit the end of the show. Um, I ask you beforehand just to come up with an organization or a charity that the listeners can either donate to or just learn more about. Uh, what do you have for me in terms of that regard? Yeah, um, I uh, I would recommend, I kind of said it already at the beginning of the show, but uh, bail funds, um, find one in your community. A lot of them right now are, are still accepting donations, but also um, prioritizing, or they're, they're recommending um, other other uh, institutions and charities to, to give your money to because they've received like a large outpouring of money in the last few days. Um, so go to go to your local bail fund. Um, in our case, I went to the Chicago Bail Fund. Um, they, there's a great list of charities on there for you to move your money out to. Donate to your local Black Lives Matter. Um, and uh, if you are if you're interested in in uh, directly donating uh, to help combat the issue of police reform, I would say donate to the uh, ACLU. Yes, uh, those are all more than worthy organizations to give to for me uh campaign zero which is a comprehensive platform of research-based policy solutions to end police brutality in america uh they line up with with exactly what i think i rarely uh am, am so on board with one organization's message but when i look at them and i see the work they're doing it is entirely what i think needs to happen so uh, donate to the ACLU, to your local Black Lives yeah. Matter group, to Campaign Zero. Whatever you have to do to be a part of the solution, please go ahead and do that. Um, you know, the the less important stuff, if you do want to get in touch with me, I'm on both Twitter and Instagram, at underscore Case Low. And the podcast is on Instagram, at Article Albums. Jake is not on social media. Jake is a better man than all of us. Um but stay safe out there. Uh, continue caring about these matters of, of not political issues, but of civil liberties and civil rights, because uh, we, we can make the world a better place, but we need everybody's, everybody's involvement to do it. And thank you for taking an hour out of your day away from whatever else is going on to listening to the Article Albums podcast. This has been Broken Social Scenes. You forget it in people. You forgot it in people. <laughs>